Hi, everyone. This is Coach Shiv back with you on the Think, Believe, Achieve podcast. How is everybody doing? How's the new year started for you? I hope it's all going fabulously well. Let's dive into this episode. And today I'm going to be talking about thinking out of the box. The whole principle behind thinking out of the box, why is it important? And what are some tips that we can use to get better at this? So firstly, let's talk about a scientific concept called neuroplasticity. So what is this neuroplasticity? It is a science behind the brain's ability to keep changing. That's right. Research over the past few decades have concluded that the brain keeps changing throughout a human's life. So effectively, that old expression, you, can, you cannot teach an old dog new tricks, doesn't apply, friends. You can teach an old dog new tricks. And in fact, you should, because new learning promotes brain health. Because it's been proven that new experiences, new learning, cause more neurons to fire. Neurons are the basic nerve cells, the basic building block of our nervous system. And Donald Hebb, a, a Canadian neurophysicist, coined this expression that neurons that fire together, wire together. And when they wire together, they form very strong neural pathways. And this sort of new learning that forms strong neural pathways helps to defer things like dementia, Alzheimer's, etc. Because those diseases, dementia, Alzheimer's, are essentially neural pathways that have either broken or are weak. So thinking out of the box, which is creative, unconventional, or unorthodox thinking plays a big part in keeping your brain healthy. Let's look at some examples of very famous people who are strong supporters of this thinking outside the box philosophy. Richard Branson, the head honcho of the Virgin Group. Do you know that he conducts all of his meetings, or at least most of his meetings, while exercising. So most of his business meetings have got a group of people who are running around with him, jogging around the park, or um, you know, in the gym, on the treadmill, and so on. So he's a big fan of keeping things moving through unorth unorthodox thinking. Ariana Huffington of Huffington Post. She believes in having meditation rooms in her offices, yoga rooms, breathing sessions. Very unorthodox, isn't it? How many offices, apart from, you know, maybe Google and so on, have got these kinds of facilities? I know that Google has sleep pods 
Can you imagine a workplace where they actually encourage people to have a nap during work hours? And why do they do that? Because they know that these things work. There's enough research, enough evidence, scientific evidence, to prove that these unconventional ideas or this thinking outside the box works. Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, he is a big fan of getting people to do reading as much as they can. So his meetings apparently begin with a mood that's like being in a library. So everybody's sitting and doing some reading before they actually kick off the meeting. Elon Musk. Well, he's been in the news lately, hasn't he, for becoming the richest man in the world. Do I even need to talk about how unconventional his thinking is? I think we all know that, right? Very well documented. And the greatest scientist of all, Albert Einstein, he quoted that no problem can be solved from the same level of consciousness that created it. So effectively saying that you've got to shift your thinking, which means you've got to be thinking outside the box. So friends, I'll just talk to you about my own thinking out of the box experience and why I'm such a big lifelong fan of this. So when I arrived in New Zealand as a new migrant, my biggest struggle was getting someone to agree to interview me for a job. You know, I had a lot of job experience coming from my home country, but I didn't have any local experience, obviously, because I just arrived as a new migrant. And the problem that I was coming up against each and every time was that nobody wanted to even consider employing someone who didn't have local experience, which means that all my CVs came back to me as polite rejections. And those days they used to be returned in the mail, not email, but by post. So I was collecting all these rejection letters. I don't think at that point I was realizing why I was doing it, but I was. And I was numbering them as I went along and I was filing them. So I had a big box or a box file of rejection letters that reached number 200 before I stopped writing those numbers and before I stopped collecting them. So 200 job applications that were rejected. So friends, I'm quite an expert at handling rejections. You know, I've been through a hell of a lot of rejections. So the biggest catch 22 that I was stuck in was that no job without local experience and no local experience without a job. So I was forced to think up of all kinds of ideas and, you know, try and ask people. Whenever I got an opportunity, I kept asking people. And eventually, just to cut a long story short, eventually, it was thinking outside the box that got me my first interview because I thought of how can I get people to read my story and my frustrations and I managed to get in touch with a journalist who I found out was doing some work on problems with recent migrants, uh, problems that the recent migrants faced, not so much problems with 
what other people had with recent migrants, just to make that clear. So she then invited me to be part of a story that she was publishing uh, in the New Zealand Herald, which uh, is the largest uh, newspaper publication in the country. My story got um, selected of all the stories that she um, did. Um, she published my story, my interview, and my photograph of my family, and all of that on a weekend newspaper. And that's where my first employer uh, decided that once he read the story, he decided he wanted to speak to me. So that's how I got my first interview. Therefore, folks, I will be always a big fan of thinking outside the box because it helped me break through something that I simply could not find another way to break. So let's look at some of the tips to become better at thinking outside the box. It's all fine to say you need to think outside the box. Well, what do I have to do? How do I get better at it? So let's look at that. So I've got here seven tips that I would like to share with you. The first one is you need to know what your box is. See, often what happens is that we don't even realize where our limits are when it comes to thinking because we're just going through the motions and we don't know that at some point we are boxing ourselves and beyond that we are not able to think. It might be because we've got some inherent bias about something. It might be that we assume certain things. It might be an underlying prejudice about something. We need to become aware of all this. The awareness of our prejudice, our bias, our assumptions. Because when we have these, you know, we tend to operate in a certain way that binds us. You know how when you have an underlying bias, there's a thing known as confirmation bias where your mind is constantly looking for things, seeking out things that will confirm what your, you know, the, the bias that you have. So we need to be aware of that. So that's the first tip. Become aware of what your box is. The second tip is brainstorming. Now, this is talked about a lot in corporate circles. This is a word that's often bandied about. And the reason for that is because you're all aware that our brain has two hemispheres. The right hemisphere, which is known as the creative brain, and the left hemisphere, which is known as the logical brain. And for most of us, we are using our logical brain most of the time, unless, of course, you're in a very creative line of work. So we just get so used to using that logical side of our brain that we don't often operate this right side of our brain when it comes to trying to look for solutions. And some of the ways to do that is to just throw ideas out there. You know, like just bring those ideas up regardless of how silly they may sound. You know how a lot of times in uh, company meetings you'll have a boss who goes up to a whiteboard? There's a reason for that because once you start writing stuff on the whiteboard, people's creative brain kicks into gear because they see stuff out there like there might be a word that's circled and then there might be arrows leading to other words and so on there might be some bridges drawn to another concept 
And this kind of graphical representation tends to fire up the creative brain. Now, in my coaching sessions with my clients, I use a software called mind mapping. And mind mapping is nothing but a graphical representation of all the things that we have discussed in the session. So instead of just putting it in bullet points, I put it as a mind map and then I send the file to my client. And it helps both of us because it's a snapshot of the entire session. Tip number three, break down your problem to the absolute basics. And the way I'd like to say it is that simplify the problem as if you were explaining it to a child. So peel back the layers because the problem tends to keep on adding layer after layer, layer upon layer. Peel it back. For instance, you know, my issue that I had about um, not being able to get a job when I was a new migrant, if I had to peel that back and just reduce it to its absolute bare bones, it would be that I just want to get a damn interview. I just want to be able to get in front of a prospective employer. Forget about what happens after that. So that would be reducing a problem down to its basics. And using W words, the, the where, the what, the why, the who, the when, these sorts of things are very useful in trying to simplify a problem. On to tip number four. Continuous learning. Become a fan of continuous learning. Because continuous learning generates new ideas. Be it a new language, be it a new skill, be it a new software, be it a new hobby, whatever it might be. But get into the habit of continuous learning. And another thing is we often get just stuck or honed into our own zone. You know, it's good to, you know, hone into your zone and um, get down to the specifics. But sometimes we get trapped in specifics. We need to also look at developments in other fields, other related fields, sometimes not even so related. Because there might be something happening there that might be an eye-opener for you. You know, if you look into history, you all know the Wright brothers, the inventors of flight. Did you know that the Wright brothers were not aeronautical engineers, not even engineers? They were actually bicycle mechanics. Now, can you imagine someone who's trying to invent the first ever airplane trying to get ideas out of bicycle mechanics you wouldn't in the normal in the normal world right which is why thinking outside the box is so important because they got some extremely useful ideas from their experience and skill as bicycle mechanics and think of albert einstein greatest scientist ever perhaps and you know all those multiple hundreds of thousands of quotes that um, are attributed to Einstein. And I think some of them 
are wrongly attributed to him too. He he probably gets credit for something that he never said too, because that's just how famous he is, right? Now his theory of relativity, you know, perhaps the greatest uh, principle in physics. Did you know that Einstein was not a physicist? He was a mathematician. So these are some outstanding examples of how ideas can be derived from other fields. The next one, the next tip I've got is brain gymnastics. Now we all know of gymnastics or gymnasiums or you know the fitness routines for the body. How about the fitness routines for our minds, for our brain? Because our brain's like a muscle too. You know, it, it also has the use it or lose it principle. It needs to be exercised. It needs to get regular fuel. And what is brain fuel? Apart from the new learning that we saw in the previous tip, things like crosswords, word games, puzzles, brain teasers, all of this is brain food and all of this is brain exercises. So do that as often as you can because that's when your brain starts becoming more and more tuned to think outside the box. Tip number six, if I've got the numbering right, is view your problem from another angle. Now see friends, what happens is that every problem tends to have a logical sequence of steps, right? You've got step one, step two, step three, and so on. So you might have come to step four and you might be stuck there because you don't know how to go from four to five. Now is when you might have to step back a little and view your problem from another angle. Sometimes you could probably work backward from what your desired outcome is. Or sometimes you could just skip the next step. Assume that you have that under control. Assume that you have resolved step five, whatever the outcome is there or the needed outcome for step five. Assume that you've got it and move on to step six and see if you can get some ideas on how to unlock yourself from where you seem to be stuck. Do you remember how, you know, when we were in school or college and we used to write exams and sometimes in an examination paper, we would come across a difficult question and it'll stop us in our tracks. And the recommendation for students has always been skip the difficult question and return to it later. Maybe we should use that philosophy in life too. Sometimes just skip the difficult part that's keeping you stuck and then return to it later. And one of the things that tends to help people unlock ideas is visualizing your end goal because that helps you work back from there. Once you visualize what the end goal is, you can think of what's the step just prior to that and then work backwards from there. And tip number seven is overcoming fear. You have to overcome fear. You know, there's a very popular saying, better to keep your mouth shut and have people assume you're an idiot than open your mouth and confirm you're one. 
Yeah, interesting saying. But I think that needs to be consigned to the dustbin. Because we get so scared of coming up with ideas, fearing the fact that it might be a ridiculous idea and people might laugh at us. But we shouldn't be afraid to think unconventionally. We shouldn't be afraid to question the status quo. We shouldn't be afraid to come up with left field ideas. Now, <laughs> you know, one of the things um, that, that really got me thinking is you remember some time ago, I don't know whether it was, yeah, it was in 2020, um, just a few months ago, actually, when uh, people were talking about COVID-19 and, you know, how do we handle this thing? How do we get a vaccine and so on? And Trump had made this outrageous statement uh, in a, you know, a press conference about uh, the possibility of injecting disinfectant bleach <laughs> into our bodies and seeing whether that might help get rid of um, the COVID-19 <laughs> illness. Now, Obviously, everybody laughed at that and, you know, he was ridiculed a lot. But I was thinking in my head, well, wasn't he talking about something completely left field, completely um, unconventional? And should he be given a little bit of leeway in asking a question like that? Because all he was doing was trying to be uh, very unconventional and, uh, you know, trying to view the problem from a totally different angle. Now, my, you know, my thought on this particular incident is that if he did have an idea like that, he should have probably discussed it with his medical team separately, privately. That might not have been such a bad thing because, you know, the doctors might have, uh, you know, laughed internally, but they might have just said, no, sorry, Mr. President, but that's not going to work. And that's okay. But, you know, he should not have said that at a press conference like that in front of world's cameras, you know. But then he, being Trump, would do what Trump does. So let's, uh, let's get away from that one. But yes, you shouldn't be afraid to come up with uh, unconventional ideas. And here's a famous quote by Joseph Chilton Pierce, a famous author who said, to live a creative life, we must lose our fear of being wrong. The fear of being wrong is what keeps us stuck most of the time. So as we wrap up this podcast episode, I'd like to just share with you some famous thinking out of the box kind of ideas that were originally rejected. So let's look at this. So here's a memo from Western Union, an internal memo dated 1876, okay? And this was about the telephone, an invention that was being considered. And the memo stated, this telephone has too many shortcomings to be seriously considered as a means of communication. This device is inherently of no value to us. So there you go, an idea that was rejected outright and then see where it went when the person persevered. Next one, H.M. Warner 
one of the founders of the Warner Brothers. He said, who the hell wants to hear actors talk before rejecting a proposal for movies with sound in 1927? Another one, a rejection letter in 1940 to Chester Carlson, the inventor of the Xerox machine. Who the hell wants to copy a document on plain paper? Sounded like ridiculous ideas back then, but people pushed forward with it and look what happened to these incredible inventions and how they changed our lives. Ken Olson, the president, chairman and founder of Digital Equipment Corporation in 1977, he said, there is no reason anyone would want a computer in their home. A rejection of the idea of a personal computer. And just to wrap things up, another one, a famous rejection story of the Beatles. When the Beatles were approaching record companies, one of the famous rejection stories was that the person who rejected them thought that there was no need for a boy band. It would never fly. And friends, how well it flew, I think we all know. Decades later, the Beatles are still in our memories and we still keep listening to their music, right? So that's what I wanted to end up with, friends. Um, thinking outside the box is something that we must inculcate as one of our habits. We have to remember that our brain actually has two hemispheres. And we'll not be utilizing our brain properly if we keep on using only one side of it. So I hope you found this talk useful. I hope uh, it encourages you to think outside the box more. Do keep listening to my podcast, Think, Believe, Achieve. If you'd like to get in touch with me, please visit my website, thinklifecoaching.co.nz, as I'm based in New Zealand. And if you'd like to email me, shiv, S-H-I-V, at thinklifecoaching.co.nz is my email address. So until we meet again, take care, everyone. Bye-bye.